You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. This one is going to be a super fun one. Very excited to have Rob Moling. Rob, welcome to the show. What's up? Hey, you are the founder and CEO of 1% Meal Prep, man. You're like one of the biggest meal prep companies in the country. I am. Yeah. Founded it uh, 10, almost 10 years ago now. Wow. That's awesome. That's I'm sure that's been a, you know, I'm sure you got a lot of stories that we can get into. So 1% Fitness is PN1 certified. You got five people on your staff. You said a PN1 certification, which is what, you know, explain what, what that means. So the Precision Nutrition Certification is one of the highest, um, standing certifications out there. So we run through almost um, sports physiology. There's a handful of different things. So having a background, it's one of the only nutritional certifications that require for higher level certifications that you have actual degrees in food science, um, bachelors and different things like that. Wow. So I mean, so it's a lot more than just uh, an online certification. There's a lot more that goes into it, which is probably why you guys are so successful and your meals actually, well, so I've heard work. You just brought me a ton of them. I'm super <laughs> excited to try them out. So I appreciate you doing that. And then you are, you have a USDA certified facility. You can go into that for a second. Yeah, no, um, a USDA certified facility requires a handful of different measures um, or controls. It's a uh, hazards analysis and critical control points. That's basically identifying anything that could possibly go wrong inside of your facility from chemicals to foodborne illnesses um, to cross-contaminations, metal in the food, everything. So when you start shipping food across state lines, it becomes a completely different ballgame. I can't even imagine. I used to ship trailers across state lines and it was a nightmare. So I stopped doing it. So, but you know, food, food is just, there's so much more goes into it. I mean, a lot of people I know out there like, Hey, I'm going to start a meal prep company. I've had friends I'm going to start a meal prep company and then they're there for a little bit and then it just, they fizzle out and they, they go on. So, you know, kudos to you guys, you're coming up on your, have you passed your 10 year anniversary or is it coming up on it? Um, so 2012 is when it actually started. It started in my home and I operated for about six months out of my home Wow! until it became too daunting and I was tripping over myself and it was a really small space, but, um, December of 20 or yeah. So December or January 2013 is when we ended up going into our first location in Sandy. Wow, that's awesome. So let's get into it. So, you know, 10 years you started it. Um, why did you get into, well, I guess, was there, you know, why did you get into, you know, meal prep and being an entrepreneur? Um, food has always been my love language, right? I love producing or giving people things. Um, it also helped medicinally for me. I have a, an addiction background, a substance abuse background. Um, and fitness and nutrition were the two things that helped me climb out of that rut. Um, and it also helped me find my purpose as well. Um, in that transition, um, there was individuals that were in treatment and, uh, Josh Craig was one of my first people, super cool story. Um, he lost over a, I think it was a hundred pounds in six months and his substance of choice was meth. And wow. he, he now is a director of the same treatment program that I went through and 2010. Wow. 
So That's incredible. And one of the main factors was is his weight, right? And how he felt about himself physically. Um, and he found through food, um, he was able to lose that weight and keep it off. And he didn't end up going back to the substance. And he's still in the community and, and helping a lot of people change their lives. That's awesome, man. It's a really cool story. So, you know, back back then in your your food, your love language was food. What made you get into actual like meal prepping for other people instead of just, you know, you kind of like actually, and you know, goals of a bigger scale than just helping, you know, a few people that you know. So it was, it was accidental again. Um, I was personal training and one of my clients saw me eating my food. Um, and he asked me to cook for him. And so I did. And he loved like his results, just he, his transformation happened and people in his office saw that he was a completely different person. And so they jumped on the wagon and that was like my first 10 clients out of my home. Wow. And so right after that, I went into the Sandy location and rented day to day um, and learned how to operate extremely lean um, just because I was being charged per, per square foot for what, you know, my refrigerators that I would store really everything. Wow. Um, when I got out of that place, my rent was about $7,000 a month and I was using the kitchen only four days a week. Wow. So that's incredible. We ended up, um, purchasing that facility and I think that was about 2016. Okay. And then 20, about 2020, we started building, um, the second location. Wow. So you have two locations now Two. Wow. That's incredible, man. I, so food, food is interesting. I used to do, you know, I don't look like it now, but I did a bodybuilding show before and used to be kind of really into it until I got just so busy, which is an excuse, which, you know, I'm going through that on my own, but dude, you, st I, you still got the guns. dude. I have not been to the gym all in <laughs> since like for five months. That is it, good. That, that's crazy. So, um, or really, yeah, I've been in the gym maybe five times. It's the kid curl. It's the kid. You know, my left hand is is my bigger hand because I've always got my my daughter on my left my left hip right here. But you know, food is so much. Like a lot of people think that oh, I can just take a you know that testosterone. I can take a shot and I can you know get big and I can do this and I can get big. But you know what I found out when I did my bodybuilding show is really it's it's nutrition and you know training. Training is you know I always got told look, training is like an hour and a half of your day. What do you do in the rest of, you know, your 24 hours or your 22 and a half hours? How important is food when it comes to nutrition? Oh, I'd say at least 85%. Really? Oh yeah. It's uh, it's like what you put inside of your car, right? If you go and put two-year-old gas inside of your vehicle, it's not going to operate. Right. So when you start putting fast food, things that are processed that are not naturally supposed to be inside of your body, inside of your body, things are going to happen that shouldn't be happening. Really? Um, one of the, one of my favorite things, well, it's, it's my weakness, but at the same time, it's one of my same things to focus on is soda pop, right? Because the right. pH level of your body and where it's supposed to sit physically is completely altered when you consume soda pop. And my, the wife and I have been having back and forth conversations about this specifically, and it's actually the carbon inside of it. So like carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide, the different things that will, you know, suffocate you and kill you this is a, a gas that is super pressurized that is mixed with sugar and, you know, and water and different things. And we're, you know, people are drinking it. Right. And it, I'm sure you've seen the things on Facebook where like, oh, here's your pH balance. And then it changes the water color. It's real. Right. No, I, I used to have, I used to be in a, in a network marketing company a while back where they had trace minerals and you could, I literally still have it up in my, uh, my kitchen as you can pour, you could get a, a can of soda pop rip open the little sachet because you could put it in your water and then 
like uh, pour it in the soda pop and it would blow all it blow it out and then they leave like water like you could just drink it and it tastes like nothing it was pretty pretty gnarly and they were telling us like hey you have to drink like 50 bottles of water to basically neutralize one 12 ounce thing of soda and i could not believe that that's how hard it is to neutralize just one can so i stopped drinking soda for a while and then you know i got back into it and it's, it's not a good thing i'm trying to trying to get rid of it but it, it's tough man it's it's people love and people love the burn and so you're saying the burn is what's not good for you yep wow even when you drink like um the waters sparkling waters things like that that anything that has carbonation in it will have that same effect really i did not know that that's that's because i was even buying one of those little soda machines that you make your own soda thinking i'm doing a little better or doing it different or like just putting either crystal light packet because i love the burn right so yeah. i was trying to put crystal light packets in there different kinds of lemonade different something and carbonating it so i it's guess feeling yeah i just people love that burn so that's really interesting so you know when you're uh going through you know your uh your your rehab and things like that how you know you said food was your love language and it helped you in what ways would how did you know food help you go through that transition so when when i was deep in addiction um it was to opiates um pharmaceuticals that you know a doctor would prescribe me the amount of sugar i would consume just because that's what i craved right it's a drug Right. There's been tons of studies done on it because it, you know, that certain things that it sets off inside of your head are similar to drugs. And so that's what I would consume. And, um, as I started getting sober and I was, uh, like I'd seen pictures of myself when I was in that state and it was disgusting. Right. Like when I look in the mirror now, I'm like, wow, who was that person? Right. Um, well, you look incredible. I, just just let you. everybody know. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I see pictures of that person, I'm like, who was that? And what was the motive? What was, what type of a person was I, what was my soul like? Right. Um, and so I started nourishing my body with things that were supposed to be in it. And as I was in treatment, um, I actually lived in a sober living house for about uh, over a bit over a year, about 15 months. And I was the guy that everybody in each each apartment, and there's four, eight, 12, 12, uh, 12 two person rooms in this door, you know, in this apartment complex. Right. And every single day in my in my area, I would or in my dorm or my apartment is what we had. It was like a closet. Literally, it was a closet door. It was small. Um I would cook every day and people would just come down into my home and eat my food. Really? And I'm like, yeah, clean up after yourself. So <laughs> you get annoying after a while, but I enjoyed it. Right. I'd come down and I would know that they would at least have something hot and something that would nourish them through whatever next thing they were doing. Right. How did you learn to cook so good? Um, as a kid, I was kind of forced to, cause my mom was semi present. Um, she, she felt she fought her own demons. Um, and so myself and my brother, um, were as, as kids, we were responsible. So we had to go to the grocery store on bikes really? um, and with food stamp cards, buy groceries and ride home on our bikes, cook for the family. Um, and so I helped raise my little sister and my dad, my stepdad, um, who we lived with was actually working all the time. Wow. So that that's an incredible story. That's that's where I learned to cook. And then such a trial and error. You didn't go to culinary school or anything like that. No. And then my first job when I was fifteen, well, minus paper routes and things like that, um, was at Kenny Rogers Roasters. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so, like now, <clears throat> like on you know Saturday Sundays or when I have available time, one of the things I always do on weekends with my family is like my lo wife loves going out to eat. That's how she celebrates. Mm -hmm. I like to cook for my family and celebrate that way. And so it's just one of my 
one of my things. So you still to this day cooking for the family? Yeah. So you, your wife pretty it. much, hey, that's your thing? Yeah. And what's cool now is my Lehigh location is really close to my home. And right. I've got some really advanced equipment there. So like Thanksgiving parties, and I have a lot of refrigerator space. So like Thanksgiving parties, birthdays, everybody's like, hey, Rob, will you, will you do this for us? And I love it. Like, wow. Because, you know, the appreciation that comes when people enjoy um, food, because one, they didn't have to cook it. Two, they get to enjoy it. And especially if you can make it taste good, you can just see it in their eyes that they are gratified um, and nourished, right? And so they experience you know, express that gratitude. Hey, that, thanks. This was good. That's awesome. And that's, that's cool. And it, it's, it's cool that like how much you love it. Like I can see it right now in your, your face and your expressions of just how much you love seeing people love your food. And I'm sure you get that all the time of people, you know, like re I'm sure like just talking to you that like people reordering your meals means a lot to you because they, they love your food. And I've heard so many good things about your food. So I'm, I'm really, really excited. Like right after this, I'm going microwaving it and, and you made it so easy, which is awesome. So that's cool. One thing I want to ask is, so I'm sure you struggled, you know, had some struggles, you know, first on, you know, when you started the company. Um, and I, and I kind of remember, man, like I remember you being at FitCon back in like 2000, it would be like, like 16. And like, I remember, oh, man, this, this company's grown huge. And like, what, and you've had some struggles early on in your life. You, you struggle with addiction, you overcame it. What, or has that helped you in business like how like having that mindset because it's not easy to get over addiction has that mindset been able to help you get through the struggles and the early struggles and just keep pushing forward and, and making one percent as big as it is now yeah i think i would attribute that a lot to obsession and personality right when i find something i obsess about it similar to substance i figured it out i loved it i obsessed about it in business, the the hustle, the drive, the willingness to be the last person there doing whatever job uh, just to get it done. A lot of those similar character defects over in this column have now become um, winning formulas for me in, in the business world, right? Because when one door open, when one door shuts, I've had tons of doors shut in my life, specifically because of my criminal history. So right. that taught me when I was young, hey, look, you need to, you need to figure it out and nobody else will provide it for you, but you. Wow. And so with that, with that, you know, bringing that forward to business and taking, you know, the place where I was not necessarily harming people, but wasn't doing them good and converting it into something that's fulfilling and being able to help people with their weight, something like that's psychological and will impact not only them, but their children, their spouses, their parents, if they're concerned about them. Right. Um, that's more fulfilling. So what's some advice you'd give somebody if they are out there right now listening to this and struggling with addiction or struggling with uh, just pushing through? What, what would you tell them to do? Um, it's, it's what's, what's cool. So we're doing a, a challenge. And one of the main questions, one, of, one person asked me specifically, I like to compare substance abuse or anything that you're being challenged by. Um, to substance abuse. Why? Because it's one day at a time, right? It goes all the way back to the Alcoholics Anonymous thing. If you can conquer the one day, um, then you'll make it to tomorrow. And then you right. get a battle tomorrow. It's, it's kind of like the suicide prevention. Um, there was a big figure that was lost recently here in Utah. And I'm in the, the Watt group. And one of right. the messages that came out of it is, it's not funny, but it's whatever you do, don't kill yourself today. You can kill yourself tomorrow but don't kill yourself today. Right. Well, why? 
if you can make it through this one day, tomorrow's another day. If you wake up with gratitude, you can change. It's not going to happen overnight. And it's the same thing with weight, substance abuse. I, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and the obsession to consume a substance was not going to be gone. Right? right? There was physical withdrawals similar to food, similar to alcohol, anything like that, similar to business. Um, just one more, right? If you can go one more and give one more, then something will, it's like planting a seed and something will eventually grow. Right. And as long as you continue to show it gratitude and continue to water it, then it will continue to grow. No, I, I love that. There's a, a book that's recently out by a good, good, uh, good guy, Ed Milet. I mean, he's the power of one more, right? And you oh, just, yeah. you just said it and you put it right there. And I know that a lot of his book is based off of his dad and going through the addiction, going through, I think it's a, he did go through AA and you know, there's just one more day and you know, stuff happens, stuff is going to happen. So, I, I mean, if you think you're going to get an entrepreneurship or even you think life is going to be perfect, then you need a reality check. And especially in entrepreneurship, when you're dealing with people and vendors and situations and landlords and all of, you know, that you are, stuff is going to pop up. But if you think or if you, you know, if, if it's destroying you and you, you take that for like everything, right? You kind of have to take it with like a grain of salt, right? You have to let it brush it off and say, Hey, tomorrow is going to be better. And sometimes like, you know, still to this day, I have those days where I'm like, today just sucks. So I'm taking the day off and tomorrow is going to be, you know, just that much better because I just, you know, I'm at wit's end and I just don't know what to do. And I'm, you know, and you're not thinking correctly, right? Like I always tell everybody when you're in a stress zone, you're losing money. And so if you're super in your stress zone, go out, go somewhere, go for a walk, hang out and, and you can get through it and just think about it and get in that creation mode. Right. I mean, that, that's awesome. And so um, how have you been able to create one of the largest you know, meal prep companies in the country? A lot really? And like, I'm, I'm going to say world because it's really, it's, it's huge, but you know, how have you been able to do that? Um, a lot of trial and error um, and grit, right? Continue to keep going. Finding the right team um, is extremely difficult. Um, I've been through a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, what would you call them? Um, mentors, not, ne not necessarily mentors, uh, consultants. And I've brought, um, I, like, I've had a couple of really bad experiences with consultants and people that I brought in to, to my team. And most of them have eventually been uh, disbanded from the company. Um, okay. But yeah, I think the foundation is your team. And, I, and in my business right now, there's, I know there's, you know, my failures, my places where I could do better. And those are places that I'm specifically seeking out right now to find how to fill those so I can run, you know, most optimal. I, I like to say the Transformers um, analogy, right? From back in right. the day. If without the head, all the other portions are pretty much useless. Right. When everything forms together correctly, then it runs optimal. So how is it important for you to, to get, or people to get a mentor, do you think? Or someone that can help you or, you know, not reinvent the wheel and just, just help you push through things. I think it's extremely important. And like you just said, the right one, because obviously you got to pick, it's not just the shiniest one. It's the right one that fits you and what your, your goals are in, in alignment, right? Like everything you're trying to do with this mentor is in alignment. All the way to the core. Because if there's any tethered portion of what's going on internally, whether it's outside of business or inside of business with that person or group, um, then it's not going to function. Right. No matter what. Uh, that's super powerful. You just mentioned a few things a second ago, just that I think is really important. I want to touch on is, you know, you have you and the things that you're good at. And some people spend so much time trying to 
get good at the things they're not good at instead of just getting someone to you know fulfill that need and you just do what you're really good at how important is that for you and then also how did you come to that conclusion that that's what you needed to do i'm still i'm still in the midst of that yeah like i i learned photoshop and different programs and like i've done everything in my business from um the, the digital marketing the the organic marketing the web development um everything recipe development um recipe organization across the board i'm in i've been in every single facet I don't cook. I don't deliver. I don't work. The, I do work the front sometimes occasionally when somebody's sick because um, I enjoy it. Um, but it is very important to be able to, uh, you know, push off different things. So I, um, I use a group called Fiverr, right, right, for a lot of my digital graphic development or creation. Um, and I used to do it myself. And the amount of time that I save, I used to sit up till like two o'clock in the morning, sitting there graphic designing and I'd get maybe one project done. Right. And now I, you know, spend $10, literally $10. And within two days, I've got five different versions from that same person coming back just for me to check off. Right. So there's, I mean, that saves me tons of time. There are just a handful of different processes of which I do. Like I, I started learning the HACCP plan just because I wanted to know everything. And now I have two managers that are HACCP certified. And, um, what is the other, there's, um, I can't remember the other acronym, but there's one other acronym. So they're over-certified for what they do. And so I have, I don't have to be in the kitchen. Really? That, that, that's awesome. And like, there's no way that I guess you possibly could grow it of how, how big you have if you're just doing everything at the same time. No, really? and, it's, and it's daunting because I'll take work home with me, right? Or any entrepreneur life, your phone's ringing all the time. Right. Um, and so I've had to make specific blockouts because I also I have five kids and I coach and I'm you know very um, involved with all of my kids from right. 15 all the way down to one years old 15 months today um, oh, wow so and we've got them all in between but I want to make sure that I give them adequate time and when my phone's ringing or different things are going off it's extremely difficult to do that right um, and so I just it's the prioritization I also have um, with um Besides the meal prep, I have a compass launch kitchen um, and another business uh, that also does the same thing in our old location in Sandy. So I, I still use the front as a pickup, but now the back is a incubation kitchen. The company's called the compass launch kitchen. Right. I'll kind of work with them on developing and structuring. You know, it's easier to give advice and all the information that you learn. Um, and I give them all the guidance. I'm like, okay, here's how you go recipe, different programs. Here's how this is the web development that you'll want to use Shopify versus this, because I've been through all those different things. Right. Um, so that's some of the different projects. And I, again, it's the entrepreneurial ADHD where it's like, okay, this is going on. I want to do this and I want to maximize this. Right. No, that did I can totally relate because i'm always like hey i want to do this and hey i want to do that well how am i going to maximize this and maximize that and i just keep bringing on locations pretty much and i'm it's just you know it's, it's been a been a process for us but 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 with each um each different thing that you add on each one is a commitment is what right. i'm learning so it's coming all the way back to the commitment and we, we're limited to on time right so each commitment is guaranteed for time so like an rv ownership you're gonna have to do maintenance here 
here and here guarantee right. every time change the batteries and this and uh winterize your rv because this is what i got to do and this was a conversation with the wife i'm like if i didn't have these things i wouldn't have to do them she's like you have enough money why don't you have somebody else do it for you right like, oh well okay we'll have them do it so it's as simple i mean right. it's as simple as something like that yeah and you know, like where it's where you want to spend your time right because that's invaluable so like with me i'm traveling so much you know, and everybody, I get crap for, I mean, that's some, some stupid, but like, you know, I get my, my lawn mowed and he does everything and picks all the, does all the weeds and manicures, everything, everything great. You know, I don't like hate it, but what I don't want to do is the only day that I have, like I have my daughter every the weekend and, you know, usually I'm so busy during the week and, you know, Saturday, Sunday, I don't want the only couple of days that I have spent half the day in my yard. Like that's just not worth it to me. So my my value is going to lagoon with my daughter you know which is a theme park if you don't know that we're going to the theme park with my daughter or going swimming with my daughter going to swim with my daughter and my wife you know we'll add her in there she's she's great too and i love hanging out with her um but it's just really where you want to spend your time and like well i think a lot of people in business they get so caught up in saving so much money that they're kind of you know picking over you're stepping over a dollar to pick up a penny instead of stepping over the penny and picking up the dollar so they're trying to oh i'm saving here and saving and doing this and like in like my mind is always in creation mode right like i just had a conversation with i was actually my dad yesterday on our plane we were sitting there chatting i'm like hey like you know i'm in creation mode i wake up every single day how to make a dollar not to save a dollar like i'm trying to 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 do all of this stuff and it's just in the, the mindset that i'm in right now is in creation so I don't want to mess with this over here. I'll, I'll have someone take care of it. I don't want to mess with that over there because I'll have someone take care of it because it, it messes up my mind because I'm like, you know, like the spirit, you're worried about everything, right? The entrepreneurial spirit, you're worried about everything. And if you just pay attention to, you know, if you try to pay attention to, you know, a hundred different things and you're giving them 1%, then you got to focus on really what you're good at and what you want to put your time in. Like, and, you, and like you said, it's a commitment. Every time that you do something, it's how much time can I commit to this? And, you know, and then like a good buddy of mine is, you know, Ryan Flynn, he always talks about his non-negotiables, which, you know, it sounds like family, which we want to talk about in a second, how you, how you manage all this, but your non-negotiables and, and what gets in the way of, you know, that, and, you know, you want to, like my daughters and my wife are non-negotiables. Like I gotta, you know, I'm with them as much as I possibly can and I'm dragging them everywhere. Um, how have you been able to, to balance that work life? You know, I, you sent me a great picture of you and your family, beautiful family. And heard you're a big family guy, big family man. How have you been able to do that? Because that's a lot of people struggle is they, they get so like blinders on. And you do have to sacrifice for a little bit. So that is a family thing. Like your family has to sacrifice for, for you know, at the beginning stages. But, you know, 10 years down the road, how have you been able to, to balance that? Well, I think first and foremost, it's having the right people in your life, right? And the understanding, right? Like this is what the goal is. And is if they're in on the goal, right? Because Samantha, my wife, she's also a nutritionist, right? She's a PM1 certified. She works with me, which makes life really hard. Um, we spend a lot of time together. And so, like, it's a balance between that. And it's not easy, right? Because when when I check out and I'm like, okay, my phone has to go away. If I don't push it away, then it's going to stick with me and I obsess and I sit at it. Right. Even if I have something that is, like, I I mean, we, we, we rent a home as well, too, and it turned over this last month and I'm like, I got to go paint it. I got to go do this. Um, 
And I'm like, okay, how do I manage all of these things and keep all these people happy? And then I obsess when I'm with my people. I'm like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. And my checklist, you know, my lit, my literal checklist that's in my head keeps going on replay. So I have it in my binder and, and you know, noted. And then on my phones as well, exactly in each department, what I have to do. So I can get it out of my head. And I constantly have to remind myself, because when you have a 15 month, you know, a, a brand new child, Right. sitting there looking for your attention. If you take your attention off of them, they're going to scream. They want your attention. Um, and so I have to remind myself, what are you doing right now? And what is important? Okay, step away from this. And it's mindfulness. So I actually got this bracelet from an event and it's constantly remind me when I see it because it's right by my face as I go from my phone. Right. But hey, put it down. Your time is limited. Get away from it because it sucks you in. And then your whole dynamic with that person changes completely. Because right. then now you're in, I'm in work mode, but want to be in this. And then you start getting annoyed. You're like, oh, you're a kid. Stop. And right. so you have to overcome that where it's like, you know what? This person deserves my time. This is what I'm here for. This is my cause. Put this away. This will still be here. And I mean, at nighttime, there's, I mean, when everybody's asleep, because I read with my son every night before bed, after I put him to bed, there's certain nights when I'll go sit in my office for three to four hours, get work done. I think I think the biggest thing with this is is self neglect, right? Because right. as men, we always put ourselves last. Where it's like, okay, I want to take care of work because work supports the family. Then family, you know, it's either family, work, work, family, right? In no particular order. And then it's usually health and then self, right? Physical right. health and then physical or psychological health. And that one comes in last. So it's a very uh, it's a daily battle almost where it's like, Hey, I need to specifically focus on these things. And then giving yourself kudos, right? Because we're the, we're very hard on ourselves. I am. Right. Um, when I say we're, I I'm speaking for myself first person. Right. Um, but I'm hard on myself. I'm like, you could do more, you could do this. Um, why didn't you do this? And I constantly harp on myself and I'm like, okay, back up, be nice to yourself, love yourself. Like the, <laughs> When I was in a treatment program years ago, they stuck me in front of a mirror and made me talk to myself and tell myself I love myself. Really? And it made it, dude, it dropped me into tears. Like wow. I cried my eyes out and I'm like, do you really dislike the person that's in the mirror? And like, I still do that practice where I speak to myself in the mirror, but it's not saying negative things. It's saying positive things. And I think that helps, but not necessarily momentum, but more so, um, what would you call it? Like just pride. Get you, yeah, not pride, but um, it gets you in like that 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 mindset of like that that positive mindset. You can do this, yeah. yeah. The growth mindset, yeah. No, I I I like that, man. I like right up here. I got a, on my board as a be hundred percent present in everything you do. And my, my buddy, when we talked about it a couple of times on this is Ryan, uh, Ryan Flint. And he he literally, you know, he's texted me that a couple of times and they, hey, were you present today? And I'm like, oh, man, I can't honestly say I was and. You know that that the, like I just love the advice that you gave, and you know, I'm definitely going to use it. If just, you know, you you need to be present in everything you do, and you you're so right. If you know when you have that device or your phone, whether it's a laptop or computer, when you when you have that device and people are talking to you, you do get a little bit more edgy with people. Like, hey, stop talking to me. Like, I'm on here. Or do this or do that. Like, like you know, and in it's it's hard with kids because they just want you know your attention and want that love and. You know, when you're home, you're home. Like my, you know, my wife now says, when you're home, you're home. You need to be home, or you need to set the expectation. Like, hey, when I'm home, I have to go do X, right? Like, I or I need to do this, or I need to do that, or after I put, you know, kids to bed or kid to bed, I need to do this or that. But that's the expectation, 
And so I really, really like that because a lot of people bounce. I get hit up all the time. How do you have that work-life balance? And it's just so hard, especially in the beginning. Um, but you're so right when you started this out is you know, it really matters your partner and, and finding that true partner and being a true partner and finding someone that supports you, like, you know, your wife and, and really, you know, kind of quote unquote sacrificing for the cause because there's a greater picture, a bigger picture. And, you know, 10 years later, it's, it's paying off, which is just, dude, that's, that's awesome. And kudos to you and the family. That's awesome. It's really cool to hear that. Um, so, you know, this is called culture camp. So, um, you know, how have you been And we talk about teams a lot and you, you mentioned it before as a putting together the right team. How have you been able to put together the right team? Is it, you know, and, and how have you been able, I get asked all the time, how do you hire good people? How do you find good people? How have you been able to do that? Mine's, mine's all been trial and error. Um, I, this is probably one of the spaces that I am, we lack the most in is having the right people in the right place at the right time in the beginning. But I, it, when you look at it and it's like everything happens for a reason, right? There's, you know, certain people that come into businesses and exit for specific reasons, but the people that have stayed and the people that we've hired, um, in our new location, because we had we had a significant um, change in, in staff when we went from old location to new location, because old location was kind of wild west. There wasn't a whole lot of um, requirements or spe specifications in in location number two. It's everything is logged, tracked um, from the second it enters the facility all the way till it gets out of the facility. Really, temperature, um, everything, the whole nine yards. Wow. Um, and so when you're going from a UDAF um, lifestyle and expectations, I mean, we still had one of the, um, we, we fed the head person of the health department for a significant amount of time and we didn't know. And then when I went in to do the certification for the health department, she's like, Hey, I'm like, what are you doing here? Anyway, she was one of the head people there and wow. she still operates out of there. So that space was really, really clean and good but it is nothing compared to this space. Like we have metal detection. Um, we have to swipe the counter um, after every production to identify if there's any particles per million, um, bacteria or allergens. So there's like full sanitations that have to happen. It's lab coats, the whole nine yards. So it's a, it's a bit different. So <laughs> that's intense. So the, the staff has significantly changed, but I like... The Andy Forsellis thing, right? You want to make sure, like one of his things that he does, and I wish I have, could do this, well, I should do it. Um, he goes out and inspects the person's car as they're in the interview to see what how they keep themselves. Um, I like to know uh, what type of people I have in my facility. And so that's one of the things is, hey, how do you keep yourself? What do you do? What? And it's not just what do you do at work? What are you doing in life? Right. So when we, I go back and speak to my staff, we talk about what impact they're having on our clients, right? That's one of my favorite things when I go back and speak to them is sharing the success stories. Like we help, um, there's a, an employee's family member who had to have surgery, but couldn't have surgery because he was over 575 pounds, wow. somewhere in that range. Um, he was too large to fit on our scale. We've worked with him to get him down to where he's, I think he's over 70 pounds down and he's had the tumor removed. Um, wow. And so like this is part of it. And it's one of our employees, family members, right? So it's not, hey, just come to work, work for us. It's, hey, what are we doing to help the community? Um, and so like Christmas time again, we do the, the Christmas miracles and the staff come in and help and they go do the shopping, things like that. So their involvement in the community and what they actually give back 
is really cool. We do, um, I don't know if you've heard of Landmark Forum. Mm-mm, it's a, some people call it a cult. Other people, it's one of those like seminars, like the um, uh, impact training, similar to that, yep. where I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's where they basically teach you how to be integrable with your word, different things like that. And giving back is a big portion of it. Um, and so that's a lot of my staff will run them through that program. Um, just so they get to experience something outside of work. Cause what you do outside of work, you bring to work for sure. No matter what. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, with you, how important is it, is it for your home life and outside of work life to be just as dialed in as your work life? Oh man. Because I, I work side by side with my wife. I have my, my sister also works with me as well. Um, well, that's another, uh, another family member. Yeah. And then I had a bunch of cousins that were, that were wow. operating in there. Um, so I, I have a lot of family members. Um, I think my dad had six, um, siblings. And so a lot of them wow. still live here. Um, but specifically with my home, like it is extremely important because if my home life is off, it affects everything. Like my communications with my wife and then it comes into business cause then she's mad at me and right. she loves it. <laughs> she's, and she'll tell me, she's like, I'm, I'm being a brat, whatever. Um, and I'm always right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, it's like, if it's not good at home, like we're not speaking. And one of the biggest complaints is, Hey, date me, take me out, you know? Um, And so I know when I take her out and do things with her and commit my time to her, um, she's happier. And then she's happier at work and just the vibe, right? When for sure we've all been in those places where it's like, Oh, I got to go to work and this person's bothered me. And it's, it comes back to communication, right? Right. I haven't communicated with them or there's a discrepancy. And so now I just kind of come and have a, uh, the energy's off. Right. Right. Cause you're not the happy go lucky person. You're having that thought about them. Right. And so I think it's very important because I, my two oldest also come in and work for us as well too. Wow. Um, my oldest one, that's how he earned his car um, was working for us. And then the second one is f- almost 15. So she's about a year away. And so she's starting to save up as well too. That's cool. That's awesome. How, how has it been able to, cause I also work with my family. How, uh, how has it been? Is it, you know, what is the biggest struggle with you and with family or is there a big struggle with you and family or was there? It, it, it's, I get asked all the time cause it, it, it it's a touchy dynamic. Well, I fired my sister once because she wrecked a van. <laughs> we were mad at each other for a few weeks, but, and that was my, due to my poor communication, right? Like that's my part in it is I poorly communicated my expectations. And so I let that mess with our relationship. But I mean, she's been reemployed for almost three years now. Wow. So, but she's like total been with us for about seven years. That's cool. So she took a little hiatus because we <laughs> had a dis, you know, a brotherly sister spat. Right. And, um, yeah, no, with my wife, like the communication, like it is, it's, it's dire if, if we don't have it. And in regards to the family, like, um, I think the biggest thing is like, where do you turn off, especially with the wife? So where do you turn off work? Yeah, that's what she's going to ask when you. when you become a partner, right? right? Because 10 o'clock at night, you know, an email came in that was really good. And I want to express that news or I've, you know, an, an ad or asset has come in and I want to show her and she's like, like Matumbo, she's like, no, not right now. Wow. And it's just, she doesn't want to go into that mind state because, you know, up with the morning with the kid and it's going to change the sleep. 
And so I have to respect that, right? And it's taken me a lot. And the other portion is not taking offense. So, and this partially comes out of the four agreements and we have our staff continuously, we have a month, a book a month club, right? Where we're oh, listening wow. to cool. a book every single month and then we have conversations about it. And the power of one more was the one before the four agreements and like the offense, like I have to step myself back and like when there's critical, you know, cause I always want to think that I'm right or I'm super smart. Um, I have to step back and, you know, put the ego in the pocket where it's like, you know what, I need a different perspective or I need to respect your perspective and hold off for a minute. Right. And it's, you know, it's a shake of the dice, how it ends up going yeah, each time. It's tough. So, I mean, what's the biggest thing that's helped you with the communication with, with your, with your wife, you know, your family and team members? I think don't take offense. Right. And if you're willing to give feedback, be able to accept feedback because there's nothing worse than somebody's like, you suck, you suck. These are the things you do wrong. I like, I constantly look at how can I fix things or how can I make them run the best? Because anything that happens at work removes me from my home. It's right. my time. So I need to learn how to streamline everything. And so um, having those expectations and having those conversations and making sure that they're clear. And then when, when, you know, we're going to fight, we're going to disagree. If we don't disagree, it's just not going to work. It's docile is the right word, right? It's just, there's no movement. There's no uncomfortability. Right. I, I happily tell somebody, I'm like, Hey, look, I'm going to piss you off. I'm going to offend you for a minute. If you see something different, let me know. And then let's have a conversation. And so I'll say what I'm going to say with no ill intent where it's like, Hey, it's, and I don't go like I was driving on the way trying to figure out cause we had a mess up at work. Somebody left food out overnight. And so we had spoilage for three whole meal sets. And it's like, okay, how do I respond or how do I get their attention because it's not the first time that they've done it, right? It's just right. a lack of attention or mindfulness, right? Um, and so it's, how do I approach that? Well, first I say, okay, look, we can do better. Like, here's the expectation. We know the expectation is we didn't meet it. Cool. Right. We don't need a harp on it because it's not going to bring the food back. Right. So let's move on, do what you do, and just know. Because in, in at that same time, I was like, do I tell them the cost? So then they know what kind of value that has. Well, what does that really do? That's almost offensive where it's just like, hey, look, we know that you can do better. Let's not do this again. Right. And what steps or what protocols have we put into place? Put your keys somewhere in the fridge so that you know, you know what I mean, before you leave, what different check systems, because we have like four different check systems that people have to do because they have to message people before they leave, allowing them to know the feud's been, you know, set for distribution. And so there's like certain steps and they've obviously missed or overlooked one of the steps as they've exited. So it's like, okay, why did that fail? Right. Okay. Let's not let it fail again next time. No, that's really good advice because there's so many people out there where they just lose their mind and freak out, scream at them, tell them this, tell them that. And it's like, you know, I, I guess if it's happened like 30 times and you feel like they're doing it on purpose, then it's like, Hey, like, you know, you might have to have that stronger conversation, but I mean, usually people don't try to do things on purpose. And, and sure, I mean, I always try to look for the, the best in people. And, you know, we we crash a lot of trailers in our dealerships a lot. You know, we're hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in damage. Um, you know, I still hold the record probably for the most expensive accident. So, I, you know, I always say that with joking with people, but it's true. Um, so, like, you know, my expectation is people aren't going to be perfect, but just be honest. Just tell me, like, hey, what happened? Don't hide it from me. Like, oh, I don't know what happened. Like, you're just in your situation. Like, oh, what happened? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't leave the food out. 
Well, yeah, he did. Somebody yeah, did. Yeah, somebody did. Well, and the, who was on? I don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, we used to get that quite often in, uh, you know, our, some of our drivers and stuff like that of, oh, I don't know how that trailer got its cap mashed in. And like, what are you talking about? Like, it, it totally looks like he drove the forklift in it. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. Just tell me. Because the worst thing that in my situation, I, I don't like to be embarrassed. So, like, I don't want to go out there with a customer or someone or a banker or whatever I'm dealing with, like, a, you know, whoever, and walk out in our lot, and there's a big cap with a big hole in it. And they're like, what happened? Like, I have no idea. You know, I'd rather just be like, oh, yeah, we're getting to fix this person, you know. And then I, you know, so just be honest with me. Just come, hey, I just totaled the trailer. Like, okay, what happened? Are you okay? Everything okay? Because literally I had, you know, my accident was probably fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 in damage. And it was at the worst moment in entire history of RVs. It was the morning of the RV show of two, <laughs> two trailers that were bringing into the RV show. And it was a, it was a disaster. And I had only been at the dealership for, you know, with everybody for a little bit. So it was a, it, it, they still give me crap for, it. I think it was four years ago, pretty wild, but um, no, it's, it's really good advice. And it's just, you know, what culture do you want to create, right? Like you want to create that, that mindset, that mindfulness, that, you know, creation culture where, you know, Hey, you can make mistakes. We were obviously, we don't keep making the same mistakes, but how can, and I love that you use the word we, how could we can do better? And then, you know, collaborating with them. What are some things we can do to avoid this in the future? I think that's, that's huge. Well, one of the things I've learned is any failure that happens inside of that facility comes back to me. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I either one, I haven't created a system to negate those failures or two, it wasn't me who did it. I don't know if that made sense, but right. No, and I think that's important because, you know, you got to look at yourself and what can you you do better, right? I mean, I I look at it like, you know, when a lot of employees leave or you know, even if you know they're on the chopping block to get let go or something, they're not performing right. Like, have we disserviced them? Have we failed them? You know, what are we doing as a team, as a company, to help them? You know, for success. So they're just not working out. Then it's just not working out. Then we have to go through that, and you know, which we do. I mean, I'm sure you do all the time, but. You know, I get people all the time like, well, I haven't been trained. I hadn't do this. I hadn't do that. Okay. Then I check them. Hey, we haven't set them up for success. So the expectation cannot be X. You know, we, you know, my expectation for the managers is to train them. So I think that's, and I think that's awesome having that, that, that culture you, you've created. Is there a certain, like when you started out in this, this realm of business and entrepreneurship, were you like, Hey, I want to create this culture you know, what, who taught you to, to have the book of the month club, to go to these events, to do these different things and to create a culture. Cause some could say it's just a simple food meal prep company. Like you just, you get in, do you like, and, and they don't really see, you have people come in and out like of delivering, right. But, and then customer service, but it's really not like a super forward facing where you have, you know, a hundred people in, in front of customers at all times. It's, it's, you go and pick up their, their meals and then maybe calling in for, you know, customer service questions, but most of it's behind the scenes. And some would say you don't really, you know, necessarily need that. You know, I, some people could argue that. No, I'm a huge believer. Like I, you know, I totally think you, you need that, but how, why have you been in, why do you, why did you choose to go down that path? Um, I don't know. So we still do see some, uh, a handful of customers right? when we do the challenges and that's a main portion, you know, the main part that I enjoy of that. Um, we repeat what you said. Just uh, like, why have you been like, why, why have you created the culture and gone on the path that you've created? So I had no clue about culture. It's everything that I've learned about culture. I've learned from social media or well, yes, social media that ends up linking me to mentors. Right. And it's different books, 
different mentors. One of the biggest thing is mentors, right? So next gen group, I've started making myself uncomfortable. I've started doing some speaking on stage. Um, and I'm not comfortable because I'm used to food, right? And whole culture, I had no clue. But the more information I gained from these different seminars, books, podcasts, right. um, different things like that, that is the fast pass to all the information that those people have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars developing they condense it and hand it to you. Right. So, um, the book a month club that didn't come, that was came from one of the programs that I follow. And they're like, here, you need to read a book a month. I'm like, well, if I'm reading it, I might as well have these guys reading it because now we're going to be speaking the same language. Right. And we'll be able to have intellectual conversations. I remember when I was going through college, like the amount of knowledge that I was gaining in like anatomy, kinesiology, things like that. I was just like, Oh, it's a different language. This is exciting. Um, it's new. Right kind of like scuba diving. I, I picked that up. It's oh, a new, cool. it's a brand new world. Right. Everything uh, to me is unknown. And as I start to gain the knowledge there, I start to feel more empowered. And so I, th I would say cultures being developed. And I think any culture is a, a direct reflection of the person that is implementing that culture. Right. Right. Starts from the top. Right. Yep. And it's the, the feeling, right? How do my, how does my staff feel? How does my home people, cause your culture at home is identical to your culture at work, right? right. Or significant, if you are the leader, it's going to have a significant resemblance. Um, mine's, you know, it's certain periods of time and it, they all morph like mine at certain point, points of time is sporadic, chaotic, different things like that, just cause all the things you have going on at home. And then you go and see the similarities in, in the office where certain fires are getting put out, certain things are getting forgotten. You're like, Oh, that looks a lot alike. Right. There's a lack of communication. And so if you look and find the failures in each different category, you'd be like, okay, what is the thing I'm doing wrong here? And, the, and most commonly in both sectors, it ends up being communication. Right. It is a, you know, I'm just going to ask you, what is the biggest thing you've learned dealing with building a team? Hmm. That's a tough one. I would say, or, you know, top, top couple. Um, find the right people, right? Bet them out, spend the time, um, or specifically search for the people that you want. If you're just like, Hey, casting a net out, you might get some of the wrong people. But if you visualize it, you're like, okay, I need this specifically. So I'm looking for a, uh, before I had mentioned before I was doing the marketing, I did until about three months ago, I found an agency that was going to do that. I was looking for a CMO. And so I wrote down all of the attributes and all of the duties that this CFO or not CFO CMO would need to have in order to take that off of my plate. Because again, that's just another commitment in those columns. Right. And so I started writing those things. Down. I'm like, okay, what specific functions would this person be able to do? Um, and so I think identifying what teammates you want or what teammates you need to fulfill the places that you have or are lacking in everybody has their strengths and weaknesses for sure um one of the other things that we've done is the strengths finder um 2.0 by i can't remember the the company's name but it's a standard test where they have you answer a bunch of questions you read a book and then it says here's your first trait here's your second and here's your third and then uh, it partners you up with different people that have different strengths um, for wow. what you're doing that's cool there's a lot of like you need to research and see what their strengths are and what your weakness is. But if you right. identify your top one weakness, well then 
by hell, that's the first person you need to add in, um, depending on what their position is, um, to work with. No, I, lo- I love that. They did like a, basically puts out a roadmap of how to scale and how to grow. I mean, that that's really cool. And this has been super fun. One, the last thing I want to ask you is what is success to you? Success is what? Success is overall. It's attainable, right? And it's depending on what you deem as success, right? In certain facets of my life, financial, successful, um, relationships, successful, self-care, unsuccessful. There's And they all um, ebb and flow, right? There'll be certain right. pros and cons. But I think happiness, making sure that you find whatever your passion is and you get to enjoy doing that. Because there's, I mean, I sit behind a computer desk now and I type and I program and do other things and make sure that the back end is functioning. I don't get as much forward facing time. And when I got into the business of meal preparation, I enjoyed watching the transformation in the peoples and them cry to me and talk to me and have friends and see people places. And they're like, Hey food guy. I'm like, Hey, what's up? So I really enjoy that connection. Um, and the, you know, the different relationships I get with that. Um, so like I said, I'm behind, behind the computer desk now, but getting back to that, when we do like the challenges, mm-hmm. it refills the cup and then I get to see the people and then I get to, you know, uh, I think Mike is one of my, you know, one of the people that's been doing the challenges. I think this is his third, this will be his fourth. Um, his wife has won one of the challenges, but he's a veteran. Um, he knew what to do and we kind of gave him that kickstart and he's now a good friend of mine. And wow. it's cool because I have those relationships and that's, That's part of, you know, success is having those relationships because at the end of the day, when I die, um, I want people to remember this experience or the feeling or somehow it impacts, right? It continues to go down the line because I'm not going to have a statue, right? (laughs) I don't really want a statue because a statue, you know, at some point in time will crumble and go away. I want what I provide or how I make people feel or the experience they have um, replicatable so that, um, like, and I, this is where I, what I cling from my grandmother, like she was very giving woman and the feeling that I had when I was, you know, when I would visit her or see her all, all leading all the way up to her death. Like I would know consistently that I would get that warm, uh, arm over my shoulder and the unconditional love of a grandmother where it's like, Hey, this is the feeling you will receive. And it's almost like unearthly where it's like, Oh man, I, there's nothing tying me here and um, the ego's, you know, right. gone. And it's just that free feeling where it's like, oh man. Um, so I want to be able to replicate that to other people so they can have that experience and further on, further on, further on. That's awesome. And that's, that's, it's amazing. Rob, I appreciate you being on the show, man. It really means a lot. I know you're super busy. I know this is, we've uh, taken a little bit to get this going, but man, I just really, really appreciate you uh, being on the show and I wish you all the success and you're crushing. I'm super excited to use these these meals and uh, become a customer, full-time customer. Cause I, for me, I, I love it because I, you know, I'm on the road all the time. I can just bring them with me and got a little six pack bag and can just put them in there or whatever. Um, so, but again, Rob, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate you having me. And I look forward to feeding you. Heck yeah. (laughs)